Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer in the Golf News Network. I'm JT, your host, along with Commander Dave and uh, Camaro Chris. I swapped those up too, but it's Monday, so forgive me. Uh, This segment of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and also Gunter Wilhelm Knives. For unmatched quality and comfort in the kitchen, check them out online at GunterWilhelm.com. So when you go to your local pro shop or one of the larger stores and you see your golf shirts and you see some golf pants and you see golf shoes and you see all those things there, did you ever think about how they actually get there and how they are created? Well, I do because I think of strange things like that sometimes. Today, my guest, and I'm very happy to have him, is Sean Madigan. He's the Global Apparel Director for Adidas Golf, Um, and I happen to like Adidas products. So, Sean, welcome. Thank you, Jeff. I'm excited to be here and appreciate you uh, giving me this opportunity. No worries. So um, let's kind of, I want to start right at kind of the basics here. When people go into the, let's just say like Dick Sporting Goods or one of your local pro shops here in Portland at Langdon Farms or whoever, you, yeah. you, you go in there and you always see some, you know, lovely shirts and things like that. But to me, coming from my background, I looked at that and I said, that's kind of the the finished product, if you if you will. There was there had to be a lot of design going into that process. There had to be a lot of uh, selection of colors and styles and cuts and et cetera like that. Can you walk us through that process a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And it is it is a complicated process. And it's definitely a process that I think often goes overlooked. I can tell you, I, you know, I've been with this brand for 18 years and, you know, previously I was in marketing or I was in sales. And while I was in sales, yeah, I'd be out there in the front line selling product. And if a customer made a comment in regard to changing something, or if I had a thought on changing something, I thought it could easily be done, whether that was changing yeah. color or changing a button, uh, changing a collar from ribnet versus self, whatever that may be. But at the end of the day, it's not that easy. Us here at Adidas, we work off of an 18-month creation calendar. So to give, the, give you an example, right now, currently, in October of 2020, we are kicking off our fall winter 22 creation process. Wow. So it's 18 months in advance, and uh, it's definitely a, it's a very detailed process for us. So, Sean, let me ask you, when you're that far out, what if something, what if one of your competitors who shall remain nameless at this point, but what if yeah. they, what if yeah. they come in something 
that comes out in 21. Mm-hmm. And uh, not that it would, but, you know, kind of if you, for lack of a better term, catches you guys flat footed. How long does it take you to gear up and, and put something together that may be worth competing uh on that particular line with, or how do you make the decision and say, we're not going that direction because we don't think it's going to be very good. That's just it. I would tell you that's probably one of the biggest challenges the creation team and myself face each and every day. We have to be ahead of time. We have to have that vision and we have to look out to say what is going to be relevant for us because how we are set up in the factories we work with, we, we have to abide to this calendar. So it's even more challenging for us to truly be a trend setting brand and identifying and establishing trends that we want to see in the market, um, you know, 18 months from now. So it's, uh, it's definitely a a pretty significant responsibility. I can tell you inspiration for me comes from everywhere. It doesn't just come from, from our game. It doesn't just come from our direct competitors. It really comes from everyday life uh, in many different aspects of life. Well, that that's kind of interesting. you know, because as I told you off the air, my background in this, sometimes you would see really good looking, uh, and I'm not talking about the golf um, apparel industry. I'm talking about yeah. the in- industry I came from, but you would see really good looking styles come out. And then right. it was like, you know, six, eight months later when you were doing a buy for another season, another competitor would come in and have great looking stuff, but it was almost like, identical to what you saw the first time. Um, And then we would have people come in the store and say, uh, Hey, I found this really good shirt or they may be wearing it. And they said, where did you find that? Well, I was, um, you know, I was in Canada or I was uh, down in Georgia or something. And we've never seen it in our neck of the woods. Do you do any regional distinctions with your, um, with your apparel, you know, more, Northwest oriented when we're here, more Florida oriented when you're, you know, down there um, fighting alligators and stuff. We don't necessarily on uh, on a national level. I mean, we are a global brand, and we mm-hmm. we we do all that we can to ensure um, critical product and key stories for us show up in all our global markets. But the product here in the U.S. it is truly one U.S. range. However. Uh, that really comes down to the buying process with a wholesaler. So if a wholesaler chooses to buy into one collection and another wholesaler doesn't, we can look somewhat different at each retail location, but the U S range is truly the U S range. It's not specific to a market within the U S. Okay. And is it, does that go globally too? I mean, are you going to sell different stuff in, uh, in Europe versus Asia? And that is possible. That is definitely possible. You know, at each, each market, what we refer to, we have a merchandiser and those merchandisers are responsible for identifying their range from the global creation range. Okay. Now, ideally we are doing all that we can to, to get the markets based upon the size of the market to buy into much of the global product as possible. But yeah, I mean, today's world is smaller than it ever has been, especially through those handheld devices that we all have. Oh yeah. You know, whether it's social media or the ability to shop a dot-com retailer from another country, uh, you may, in fact, see an item or two 
that's available over in the UK, but not available here in the US or vice versa. Well, I don't think that's any different in, in, in some respects than, you know, if you get online and shop for cell phones, the cell phones in Europe, they may look the same. They may say Apple or whatever brand you, you know, prefer personally, but there'll be different ones over there. You can buy them. Um, I think you have to make some adjustments on them to get them to work here, but that's not that difficult, but it is, it is a little different. And, you know, I yeah. think that's indicative of where you're buying it from. Yeah. And it's interesting. Consumer demand today and consumer behavior is much different. People today, more than ever, I truly believe want things that they cannot have and they go through extreme measures <laughs> to get those items. And it's uh it's pretty interesting to see. Yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> little true confession here on my part, yeah. but we probably have a Amazon delivery, so to speak at our house, at least once or twice a week. Now, yes. in all fairness, it's not me because I don't like to shop that much, <laughs> but, yeah. but we get a lot. And sometimes, you know, they're like, they're from China or they're from France or they're from wherever. Right. And I'm like, what, you know? And then my wife will trot it out later and say, Oh, look what I got. You know? And I'm like, Oh my right. word. But you can't find it down at your local Walmart, so to speak. It's right. just not there. Yeah. <clears throat> it's just yeah, not there. It's uh Amazon has definitely changed our behavior to some regard. And, uh, for all the good they provide, there's still some things that, uh, you know, some may not agree with. Right. No, I understand yeah. completely. Uh, we are going to take a break, but before we do, I wanted to reintroduce him. It's uh, Sean Madigan, the global apparel director for, now I say Adidas, and you pronounced it differently. <laughs> Adidas. Adidas. Adidasler. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, now we know for sure what it is. <laughs> but Sean and I are going to take though. Sean and I are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on Grilling at the Green here on AM eight sixty. The answer. Thanks for staying with us. everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. We've got Sean Madigan with us. Sean uh, has got a big responsibility. He is the Global Apparel Director for, I'm still going to say Adidas, so forgive me there, Sean. That's okay. <laughs> um, we'd also like to thank the folks down at Langdon Farms for being part of this show. Don't forget, they have a prime rib special every Friday night. And if you'd like to email us, you can do info at grillingatthegreen.net. And we have Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, too. But if you want a direct answer from somebody here at the show, just email us, info at grillingatthegreen.net. So like I said, we're talking with Sean Madigan from Adidas here today. 
how much time does it take? You you know, you were telling about 18 months out, but to actually do the designs, somebody in the creative department, I don't know the proper handle for that in your company, but, yeah. but somebody says, Hey, you know, um, does it start with Sean, somebody bringing in some swatches or material and say, here, we've got this to work with. Or does somebody say, I've got this idea and they, you know, they don't do stick figures like I do, but they they've got it out there and they say it's a you know, it's a white base shirt with a blue stripe and it's right. got, got this up here. How does that work? You know, it's, it's a collaborative process and um, within our, our team here on the creation side, it's a product triad, if you will. We have product marketing, which is the team that I'm a part of. We have design and then we also have development and materials. And, you know, those three team members or three groups, if you will, sit down with one another. And we have a big process around range planning. Range planning is something that the product marketing team owns, but that's really identifying what we feel as though we need to build and bring to life within the upcoming range. And then from there, and that includes pricing, color, uh, amount, of, amount of color options within a model of a piece. Uh, material needs, sizing, whatever that may be. And then from there, design starts to come up with a concept. Design starts to put pen to paper and have a vision. And we're working closely alongside with them. Uh, you know, prints, stripes, sure. solid, you know, whatever that discussion may be. And alongside of us is development. They're coming with material recommendations. They're coming with what they need to know to come in with from a, a pricing point of view. So it's it's a it's a very collaborative process and it's a very detailed process. But I would tell you overall, the first let's say three months are really kind of just back and forth, going back and forth, and and having the discussions, coming out with the initial sketches, uh, and and just having the feedback with one another as to what we need to to be bringing to life. Hey, Sean, in your years there, have you? ever been really surprised and or disappointed in a selection that you guys made? And let's say surprise, let's keep it on the positive side where you, you know, you thought, well, this will be kind of your guess is your best analysis says this will be a, this will maybe be a, if we have five shirts out, this will be the number three seller. And all of a sudden you turn around and it turns into your number one seller. Um, And you're not sure why other than it's selling like crazy, but I know that some people, uh, smaller companies and stuff sometimes really hit a, a home run, if you will, that they designed something and they put it out there. They knew it was good, but they weren't sure how it would be accepted. Yes, there are always there are always pieces within the range where I kind of look back and I got a little smile on my face. And I think a lot of the, the times is because we were pushing. We were pushing ourselves. We were pushing the industry. And a great example of that is the brand new Cold Ready hoodie that we just launched. Right. Turtle Hatton wore it all four days this past week at Wentworth. And he ended up winning and holding that trophy while wearing this cold ready hoodie. Now that hoodie, we've had hoodies in our range, specifically our Audi Cross range in the past. But here we were, we were taking this brand new technology for us of cold ready, 
And we were pairing it with a silhouette that I find extremely relevant to our game. But we knew that that silhouette would have some pushback, would have some challenges. Now, a lot of our wholesalers, a lot of our, our customers have, were praising the hoodie and it sold very well. And now here we are after this, this past week with Terrell, we found out that our dot-com platform has, you know, in the UK has sold out of it. We've had success here in the US with it. So that is one where I kind of look back and I'm glad we did push. I'm glad that not only ourselves, but others are, are pushing and are receptive to a silhouette such as that coming to life in the game of golf. I, th- I, I think that's great. And I can tell you from a, a personal point of view that because I don't have one of your hoodies, but I've worn other yeah. hoodies that were light enough so you could swing and be comfortable yeah. out there. But they still kept you. They took that either edge off of the cold or it was just enough for you to stay somewhat dry when you were playing. And, you know, um, my view is if they can do it on the big tour, you can do it at, uh, you know, the reserve or wherever you play. Absolutely. I don't think Absolutely. that's, I don't think that's a big problem. Um, and your, your partner in crime there, Joel was telling me off the air today that after, after he won yesterday, all of a sudden <laughs> there were empty store shelves, so to speak. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly the case, you know, and, the, the visual and the, the consumer being able to see how it is relevant to the course and it does function properly. And Terrell performing at the highest level um, in that piece, I think, just allows us to further push and further create. Uh, and another thing is I'm always about growing this game. And I think sure. something like that is relevant to, to growing the game and pushing limits. Oh, I do, too. I do, too. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure I would ever go for the John Daly loudmouth pants or whatever they call. <laughs> but uh, he wears it well. We'll he, say John wears it well. John <laughs> does wear them well, and uh, more yeah. power to him and all that. But yeah. you know, um, I have trouble going to the beach because Greenpeace keeps trying to push me back in the water, thinking I've uh, <laughs> you know floundered or something. So uh, I don't need I don't need anything to bring more attention to myself. Uh, but uh, that's just that's a. Great. That's just a personal comment, you know? (laughs) Don't be so hard on yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, if I can't make fun of me, I know other people make fun of me, but that comes with our territory here. So it's all good. Um, We are going to take another break, and I'm going to be back with Sean Madigan in just a couple minutes here on Grilling at the Green. Please stay with us. It's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Everybody, welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also the folks at Ben Hogan Golf, tour quality clubs at factory direct prices. That's benhogangolf.com. Um, we've got Sean Madigan with us today, the global apparel director from Adidas. And uh, you get all that on a, that title on a business card? Is there enough room there to make it fit? <laughs> That's a good question. 
<laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, I try to uh, I try to avoid the the, the title discussion. <laughs> there you so go. I'm, there you go. Yeah, I'm part of the golf team. How about that? There you go. So yeah, let's talk about golf shoes. Um, I'm I'm yeah. I'm not like Ian Poulter. I've only got probably three or four pairs of golf shoes. And is the design process similar or the same as you do in your apparel? And is it the same as far as that far out? Because um, you know, whether you're a you know weekend warrior like I am, so to speak, or you're serious about your golf, you've got to have good shoes. Got to get those wheels working, you know. And uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely do. So, does the design design take as long, or um, it it is? It's a very similar process. You know, our our design team or our footwear team, I should say, they do a, a fantastic job with future innovations. I mean, there's a lot of innovation and technology that goes into footwear and they are really trying to be out ahead of it and capture all the different resources that the brand provides from an innovation and technology point of view. Sure. So, yeah, our footwear team is definitely working um, on a similar cadence as as apparel. So when you talk about the design, there's actually um, some engineering that goes in, especially I think in golf shoes with them, you know, where they put the soft spikes um, or are they spikeless, you know, whatever Absolutely. that, that seems to change. Um, not every year, but the, the changes do come through. Uh, and, and I always find it interesting because you can compare two different brands, your brand and, um, you know, Nike or something, whatever. And you mm-hmm. look at it and you go back a couple of years and you can, so you're looking at four shoes and the bottoms are, are completely different. I mean, the soft spikes are still there, but now mm-hmm. they've got these little pegs in them and they've, some of them have added an extra spike and, and uh, like that. So can you walk us through fairly quickly on the design of those? Yeah. And it's, you know, each player is going to have a different preference. Some players are a little bit more of that casual soft spike. And, you know, you have individuals out there that are comfort first and foremost. Right. You have some individuals that are about performance. We still have athletes on the PGA Tour. For example, Colin Morikawa. He still uses metal spikes in his shoes. Uh, so, you know, there are some that want that traditional cleating system and they, they feel as though they need it from the stability point of view. So we support that and we believe in that as well. So we're constantly looking for, for feedback from our athletes, from the consumer. We're also doing our own research as to how the foot performs throughout the golf swing. And we're constantly pushing ourselves to evolve. And we're constantly pushing ourselves to identify what the, the next great thing is. Well, and I think people need to remember, Sean, I mean, I, if, if this was a one-on-one personal conversation, that when you get older, your feet actually will widen out. Um, just from the years of you being upright and walking, you're not going to have the same size and width of shoe, um, golf shoe, tennis shoe, dress shoe, whatever that you had when you were in college. And I think sometimes people have to learn the hard way on that. It's very true. It's very true. And what someone finds comfortable today, they might not find comfortable five years from now. Right. They might have a different preference. I can tell you today, I'm much more receptive to soft spike than I ever have been when it comes to, to me out there. And I enjoy the game casually. I'm not out there competing, you know, in a, in a significant format sure. week in and week out. 
But there will also be times where maybe the look of a cleated shoe or a traditional spike shoe um, I'm a little bit more receptive to. But, yeah, right now a, a soft spike shoe or spikeless shoe, if some prefer to refer to it as that, I'm uh, that's where, where my head is at currently. I like them because I can uh, – the spikeless ones So because I can wear them in the house. Um, yeah. Not, yes. not, I don't make a big issue about it and point that out to my wife, but I can walk from the car if I drove home with them into the house and then quickly go change them. Um, I couldn't have done that, you know, 20 years ago because you'd be poking holes in everything. That is very true. The versatility of the spikeless shoe today is, is phenomenal. It's, it's exciting to see how many of the, the male and female consumers truly use that that shoe for more than just golf course need. Do you get a lot of input from your pro staff, guys and ladies on tour? Do they come in Absolutely. and sit down with you guys and say, this is what I'd like to see? I'm sure that you design some things, you know, particularly for them, but do they get a lot of input in it? Absolutely. You know, we work hard to to keep them involved or heavily involved in our creation process and, it is challenging at times. They have very busy schedules and, you know, we have to abide to the creation calendar that we have, but we do all that we can to incorporate them. I mean, we have machines within our office that scan the foot of each one of our athletes. So we have that logged in. We have that in our system. We know the ins and outs of each one of their, their shapes and maybe one size shoe is or one size foot is not the same as the other. Sure. Uh, we want to make sure we know all of that. So when they're out there performing, there is not an issue with their footwear. And actually, we have the same with apparel. We scan their bodies from an apparel point of view to make sure that the specs that they get in their apparel is exactly what they prefer. We do not want our product to be a distraction. If anything, we wanted to give them more confidence to go out there and perform at the highest level. So if you got a wide body like me comes in, is your scanner big enough to to handle it? (laughs) Absolutely. It sure will be. Okay. I know that yeah. jo- Joel and I were making fun. And then when I sent you the the information about the show and I said the word wide body, Joel said, you want to define that. And so I did, <laughs> but that's also true. When you get older, I mean, I'm, I'm a little yeah. over 60 years old and all of a sudden you're, you get thicker and you can't help yeah. it. You know, well, I guess you could, if you're one of those, you know, cross country runners that runs 20 miles and then throws up, but I'm not into that. So <laughs> I just try to, you know, you just live with what you got and, uh, you know, you get a little broader in the chest and the, you know, and the yeah. mid midsection, uh, ex, you know, has got its own section of suburbs now. So, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you take that into consideration in your designs. Yeah. <laughs> we absolutely do. We know the game appeals to a wide audience and we want to provide product to that audience. Um, so yeah, it, it absolutely is something that we're cognizant of and we do all that we can to make sure our sizing accommodates the needs of, of that audience. Well, I can tell you, uh, Sean, that nothing can, um, kind of turn people off. This is just in my experience, but when they go to a store and something says extra large or two X or, you know, yeah. 16 X when you're getting into my league, but um, you know, you get that and they put it on and it was made for a gerbil, you know, it just doesn't fit. So um, I think I want to get your take on sizing consistency. 
because uh, I think um, that's probably not the proper term, but I think it's very important yeah. for people. It is. It's, you know, we have what we refer to as our fit blocks, and those are our standards for, for each side. Sure. And, you know, we have the, the live bust that we fit all of our product on. Um, and now when you, you have to take into consideration, different materials are going to react differently when they're sewn together or when they, they're assembled, if you will. Right. And so we have to take that into consideration. We have a slight tolerance with our apparel in regard to fit, but it, it's, it's minimal. We're talking centimeters in regard to our tolerance. So we do all that we can to ensure consistency and fit, because that is something that's the consumer wants to know that if you're a large, you're a large across the board. Um, so it's critical for us when we talk about consumer insights and consumer feedback that, uh, that fit is consistent for them. You know, our largest product family within apparel, it's called Ultimate 365. We have it in both polo and uh, bottoms, meaning short and trouser. Uh-huh. Uh, we also have Ultimate Sports for the female consumer as well. But knowing that that's our largest product family, if you will, that is where it's critical for us. Because in, in, in bottoms, for example, uh, the U.S. shorts are critical to the golf consumer. And we want to ensure that when he or she comes in, if they had a good experience with the product the first time they, they purchased it, they come back and they said, I want that ultimate, that ultimate short, that ultimate score, whatever it may be. Sure. And they know exactly what they're getting from a, a fit point of view. Absolutely. We're going to take another break and we're going to be back here to wrap up the show with Sean Madigan from Adidas right after this. Hi, everybody. It's JT. And this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Today we're talking with Sean Madigan from Adidas, the global apparel director from Adidas Golf. Um... One thing I wanted to ask you really quick, Sean, can consumers uh, we get the same stuff as the pros? I know we talked about the hoodie earlier in the show, or yeah. is it that a pro goes out and, and wears it and then it's available to the public shortly after that? No, the product that the pros is are wearing on tour today sure. is the product we prefer to have in market. So there may be a moment in time that we, we, a pro shows up in something on a Thursday and it goes live on adidas.com on Friday. But overall, our approach is we want to ensure that what the pros are wearing is what's available at retail today. Cool. Um, or accessible to them. The one difference you're going to have is, you know, our tour players do have what we refer to as tour branding. So there might be, you know, a left chest Adidas logo. There might yeah. be a corporate logo on the left sleeve. Um, but overall, I mean, those those are where we, we don't commercialize that. We don't have the ability to commercialize that. Right. But other than that, the garment in itself, yes, will be available at retail while the athlete is wearing it. When, when you look at your product line versus some brand X and brand Y and that, where does it fit? 
in the price point scheme? Are you kind of right in the middle? Are you clear at the top? I mean, your quality of your products is excellent. So, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I would tell you, we are we are extremely competitive as an athletic product brand, sure, apparel and footwear brand. We are competitive with our pricing to our direct competition. If you looked at it overall, I would say we are probably the average price point. I don't believe we're too low and we are not too high as well. Uh, it's it's definitely affordable garments for, for most. Um, positioning us just in that the middle of the, the path, yeah. if you will. Well, and I, like I said, I've always, I mean, I've been buying your products off and on since I was a teenager back in the late seventies or mid seventies, you know? Yeah. And I was, I was telling you the stories about the Stan Smith shoes. Um, I think they've probably put them in a mausoleum now, if they ever found them <laughs> down there, California, but um, yeah, that, that's, I think that's one thing that's always really important. That's just my opinion now folks, but the, the consistency and quality. And I, and I think Adidas has that. Yes, absolutely. It's something we, we have to have being around for as many years as we have, uh, you know, we want to ensure that we're giving the consumer a great experience with our product. Sure. Absolutely. One last quick question for this. And then I don't know if you'll have time for the after hours. If we do, we'll make it really quick, but um, what do you got coming up that you can talk about? Oh, <laughs> there are definitely some exciting things on the horizon in 2021. Okay. Uh, some excitement in footwear that I think, you yourself, based upon the previous conversation we had, uh, will will be excited to see and get your hands on. Um, apparel is definitely going to continue to to evolve. I think we've uh, we're going to push, we're going to push boundaries, and we're going to push limits. But at the end of the day, that uh, that golf uniform is still going to be there for us. I think people are going to like the materials we continue to come to market with, the colorways. Uh, and some of the new silhouettes that we've got on the horizon, but uh, I can't give you too much of a sneak. I get it. But yeah. I can, I can tell you in 2021, there's definitely some um, some excitement. The the one thing too that's really going to come to life in 21 for us is our efforts around sustainability. Good. So we are on a mission to end plastic waste as a brand. Right. That's our mission, and we are set against that. And it's exciting to see how much. Keep in mind, it doesn't our cost. It does impact our cost, but we don't want that consumer to necessarily have to be impacted. Sure. But we, uh, we're doing all that we can to be a sustainable brand in both footwear and apparel. So there's some really exciting pieces that we have coming in 2021 to just further tell that story. So if you're, if you're in the camp of ending plastic waste and sustainability means something to you, Adidas is a fantastic brand to resonate with. There you go. And and really quick, Sean, if you need um, a consultant for wide body stuff, just let me know. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there for you. I promise. Absolutely. We can make that happen. I okay. promise. Okay. Sean Madigan, Global Apparel Director for Adidas Golf, or as he says, Adidas. Um, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. I know you guys are always busy in um, in the apparel business, but I do thank you. And I know our listeners thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity again. And uh, it was nice chatting with you. I hope to be able to do it again soon. We will. That's going to wrap it All up right, for this you. week, folks, on our uh, regular show. And uh, we'll be back next week. We've got next couple of weeks. We've got uh, Jerry Fultz coming up, Brian Henninger coming up, a couple other people. So it'll all be fun. So until then, 
Uh, go out, be kind, do something fun, and play some golf. Take care, everybody. Tomorrow's gonna be Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.